Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Um, it is freaking cold outside. We're going to talk about how the weather impacted the Bills-Steelers game, uh, which has yet to happen, so um, we'll get to that towards the end. But anyway, man, how you doing? Good, man. It is. It is really cold. 12 degrees outside. Um, 20 mile an hour winds, roughly. Yeah. And there's still some heavy set, high calorie dude out there walking around in shorts talking about it ain't cold. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, well, enjoy your coronary slim. <laughs> I did not see anyone shorts today, but it, it's the Midwest. Like, he, there is a guy, uh, I'm sure, I've, I've at, a gas, at a gas station getting a monster, right? About to go back into his basement to play video games, who came outside today in a pair of basketball shorts and some shoes, you know, a pair of vans that are run over on the sides. He's got a hoodie on. He probably is unkempt, right? Hair, beard, right? Looks like he hasn't showered, right? At a gas station right now, right now, at this very minute, somewhere between the west side of Cleveland and Parma and downtown, Right, who's sitting there and someone's like, dude, it's cold outside. And he's saying, no, it's not. Like, bitch, it is 12 degrees outside. It is cold. If I leave you outside in these current conditions with what you're wearing for an hour, you are going to be in some serious trouble. I don't care how fat you are. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. Like, people do this, right, all the time to show how tough they are. Like, if you're just a dude at a gas station, no one thinks you're tough. They think you're dumb, right? <laughs> if you're Bruce Smith... For the Buffalo Bills, with no sleeves and no shirt on pregame, that's different. You're a psycho, and now I'm terrified to fucking block you, and I don't do it successfully, and then you go on and beat my quarterback into the ground, and then you go to the Hall of Fame. Different. I I, I used to use my tolerance of cold as an intimidation thing. To who? Who did it intimidate, Jim? My my buddy Tom Squires. He's from uh, North Carolina, and we went out to smoke a cigar, and I literally took my sweater off, and stood there in a t-shirt and had a hat and smoked a cigar with him. He was, you're fucking crazy. And he told me a couple years later, that I was, he told me that fucked with my head. Well, anyway, well, it was I mean, fun stuff. It was from, fun he's stuff. He's from the South. He's from the South, exactly. They're, they're, they're easy to toy with. They, they are. They are. Uh, Bruce Smith, also from the South. Uh, Bruce Smith just a different animal. Can, he we, was, just, can we just say that? Yeah, I, I totally All right. agree. All right, we're getting off topic. Um, I can't wait to talk sports with you. But there's a lot of fucked up shit going on in the world right now, my friend. Yeah, and I'm going to try not to drag some of this shit out, even though between Yemen and Taiwan, um, I could probably go on all day. Um, but we'll just jump into it with Yemen. So U.S. launches, U.S. and U.K. launch uh, strikes against uh, literally the Houthis um, in Yemen. And the Houthis, uh, if you don't know... Um, this is just an oversimplistic way of, of describing who and what they are, but um, they are a Muslim-centric group um, that's got some political rever- relevance in Yemen that wants Yemen to be a very strict Islamic state um, with political intention um, on pushing the you know conservative Islamic agenda in Yemen, um, as opposed to being a more apolitical, yeah. somewhat progressive 
um, state, right? Like, so probably, what was it, 2015, 2016, um, you know, there were protests in, your, in, in Yemen about, like, the current, like, economic state, right? Like, they had, you know, you had high unemployment, uh, fuel prices were high, there was corruption, and the people were starting to push back. Um, you could see it was starting to kind of become a little bit unstable. United Arab Emirates jump in because they, you know, strongly need, a, you know, they're looking for a stabilized, again, apolitical, um, um, you know, we'll call them partner or, you know, like regional partner if you look at it on the yeah, map, sure. like where they are. Um, so the UAE has interest in Yemen not being plunged into a war and being stabilized, um, you know, and not going too far to the to the you know far right conservative which you know in that world you're using you're using the term correctly yeah it'll piss some people off I'm sure right but, but you're not wrong. I mean and because if you know I mean the UAE United Arab Emirates that's you know you've got Dubai and sure. and you know like they're very obviously um, um, you know they're they're economically motivated yes economically motivated. Um, and progressive in that, like, let's, let's use what we have to build, a, you know, a, sure. you know, like they live, they don't live in a, a, like, they're not, you know, cave people in, you know, like living in caves and huts and everything right. else. No, like, I mean, Dubai is, Dubai is one amazing. of the most expensive places in the world to go. And it's amazing if you look at some of the pictures and the maps and everything else. And UAE is not that they're trying to make everywhere in their territory Dubai necessarily, but they are looking for that upward economic trajectory and a destabilized Yemen impacts that. Now, the Saudis get involved in this because they also want a stable Yemen that's apolitical, right? That you're, they're not really dealing with this sort of shit because, again, there's a, off the coast of Yemen, um, you know, there's, there's a throughway, right, where oil travels, right? <laughs> like, so, you know, like if you've got yeah. oil traveling through on ships, like, you really don't want this country to be plunged into war because that disrupts their ability to uh, get oil back and forth through the region. So Saudis jump in and they say, all right, we want to stabilize Yemen. And then here come the Houthis and say, yeah, we don't really want any of that. Right. UAE, keep your Dubai and all your fancy riches. You corrupted, you know, non-real Muslims and the Saudis. We hate you because of the same reasons. And we think that everything should be super conservative Islam and we're willing to fight for it and we're going to fight for our brothers and sisters, you know, our Muslim brothers and sisters everywhere. You know, obviously they're supporting uh, Palestine and maybe that isn't obvious, but they are supporting Palestine. Um, and, you know, the, the, <clears throat> you know, the, the thought is that, you know, they're supporting Palestine through terrorist acts. Um, and, you know, they've been charged with other terrorist acts within the region and throughout the world, right? Like, so we don't really, we don't like the Houthis. Right? And most of all, they're backed by Iran. Right. The Houthis are backed by Iran, and, and Iran is another player in this who, Iran is kind of like the Joker from the Batman, right? Like, they just want chaos, and they want to see the world burn, that whole thing. And, again, this is oversimplification. If you know sure. the history of it, then you're just like, oh, you're leaving out. I know, guys, yeah. but it's a podcast, and we only have so much time. Um, but the, so that's kind of the mess that you're dealing with in Yemen. So then the Houthis fire on ships in the U.S. in the are, are at the U.S. in the Red Sea, 
uh, last week. And so the U.S. says, all right, we're not going to let that fly, and we're going to fire back. And those are merchant vessels. Right, and those are merchant vessels. Now, what the Houthis are trying to do is they're trying to disrupt ships coming through the Red Sea because those, those ships are bringing supplies to Israel, right? Yeah. Um, and not and so they're trying to disrupt it. And so it's a weird place to be in if you're me or you, right? Because I look at what's happening in Israel and Gaza and in Palestine and everything else. And what I see is I'm like I don't see like I get what happened on October seventh and with Hamas and what they did going into Israel was terrible and awful. But the Israelis have taken it to a new level where it is obvious that they want to wipe out the, they want to wipe out Palestine. They want to wipe out Gaza. They don't care if the Palestinians live or die. They don't care where they go. They're just going to clear the whole area out. They're going to annex it, and it's going to become a part of Israel. That, to me, seems like their goal. And they don't care about innocent women and children. They don't care about the rules of engagement. They don't care about any treaties that were signed, or they don't care about the Geneva Convention. They, they are just doing, they're just wiping these people out. And I think a perfect example of that is when they, you had Israeli hostages that had escaped from yeah, Hamas, right? Shirtless, waving a white flag, running down the street, no weapons, and Israeli soldiers just killed them, right? And it's just like, can you explain to me then, right, exactly how that happens, right? Because those were your own people, but you didn't know that. So in your mind, you're just, it seems to me that you're just killing anyone that doesn't have an Israeli IDF badge. Like, you're just killing them. And then, oh, those turned out to be our own people. Well, that sucks, but, you know, we're, we still have our orders and we're going to do what we came here to do, which is to wipe them out. Now, that may not be their plan, but I don't really understand. I, I, I don't see another plan, right, that's, that's, that can come of this based off of what we know, right? We know that the Israelis built the bunker underneath the hospital, under the uh, uh, hospital, yeah. under the hospital, I forget right? I forget the uh, Al yeah. Al Al Shifa Hospital, I, I right? We know that the Israelis built the bunker underneath that, right? We know that they built the hospital in the '80s, and they, and if they built the hospital and they built the bunker, that means that they had to have been able to figure out a way to get into that bunker. So, were there other ways that they could have rooted out Hamas if they were really in there, if they really wanted to, but they chose not to? They said, "Fuck that! We're just going to send a missile." right into the fucking hospital, and then we'll look at it later and then try to make the story that they were there all along, see, look. But then Washington Post goes in and says, no, there's no evidence that there was anybody here. So, again, like, uh, it's hard for me to look at the Israelis, the Israeli government, and believe this story of, you know, like, they're just, they're just trying to go after Hamas. It's just like, all right, but you've killed a whole lot of innocent people in Palestine and Gaza, that have nothing to do with Hamas other than they're just, that's, you know, the Hamas. Proximity. Yeah. Right, proximity, right, which is, is ridiculous. So the U.S. and the U.K. launched these strikes against the Houthis in Yemen um, in retaliation for what uh, the Houthis did to these merchant vessels in the Red Sea. Um, you know, the United States, with their ties to Israel, wants to make sure that Israel gets everything that they need, so they want to make sure that the Red Sea stays open. Um, they also see the benefit in being able to attack the Houthis in Yemen. Maybe you can, you know, bring an end to this proxy war that's been going on there for the last eight years. Um, I don't think we're going to get boots on the ground in Yemen, but anything they they can do to weaken the Houthis, um, they're they're going to take advantage of. We launched another strike, uh, unilateral, without the UK uh, yesterday or the day before. Um, now, 
our local our, our government here, right? Other congressmen have come out and said, "Oh, this violates the War Powers Act and everything else." That's not necessarily true, right? You could launch a strike. You've got 48 hours to tell the to tell the president can launch a strike unilaterally, and he's got 48 hours to basically say what he did, why he did, what his plan is. So as long as within 48 hours of that initial strike that the Biden administration gets some sort of explanation to Congress, this doesn't violate the Constitution and we're fine, right? Well, the War Powers Act has been brushed aside essentially since Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> but now to their point, though, like just because it's been brushed aside doesn't, doesn't, mean, mean, right. the, 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 doesn't mean it's right to do. But when you actually have an act, and I think it's U.S. 50, Section 1540, I believe, is the is the U.S. Code that explains how and why this is okay, right? Um, you know, you can double check my citation or yeah, whatever, I'm, yeah, but I'm not going to. Uh, I actually tweeted else. it. I actually tweeted it out. So I mean, it's there if if you want to go find it. But you know, that's significant though because it depends. Like, does does how much like how much further do we go, um, and you know how much. How much do we put into this? How much does this take away from, you know, you, you've got a war happening in, between Russia and Ukraine. You've got obviously what's happening on, happening in Gaza and Palestine, you know, and then this is another layer to that. Right. Well, but also there's a huge economic impact to the United States. Like so much, so many commercial goods pass through the Red Sea. Well, yeah, if they have like to go you, around, right? If they have to go, if they have to go around Africa, right? You got to go around the Horn of Africa. That's not like. Listen, I've had a giant piece of equipment shipped from the Middle East to the U.S. It takes a month. Well, no, it took six it's, weeks. As, okay, how it took say? it took six weeks to get it from Qatar to the port of New York, right? Um, and that was no no war going on nobody trying to fire missiles at anything right um and you know if you look at what if they couldn't have gone through the red sea right then how they would have had to gone that they, it would have taken three months for me to get the thing that i had coming from over there and right? it would have added a ton of cost right a shit ton of cost i mean it, co it already it cost me thirty thousand dollars to get something you know that size shipped from the Middle East to the U.S. I can't even imagine what it would have cost if they would have had to go all the way down and around and everything else. Like, it's just insane. So there is a strategic economic reason why you're going to defend the Red Sea uh, at all costs. Uh, but there's also some some other stuff in there. Absolutely. Um, that would benefit us by, by, by doing that. Well, and um, the risk is not... I will not hesitate to call out the Iranian government for... You know, fighting proxy wars. Now you can argue that the U.S. has done it for years too, but Iran for a very long time has kind of said we're willing to stoke the fire, throw some money into this, and and let shit happen, but we're not going to do anything. And it's economically and and um, politically probably smart from them. However, if this ever escalates to a legit war, I think they have to know it won't go well for them. At the same time, they're not a joke. I mean, they're not a, a, a superpower by any means. They're not China. They're not the United States. They're not Russia. But they've got some wealth. They've got weapon systems. We used to have a deal that was supposed to prevent them from getting a nuclear weapon, but we unilaterally pulled out of that and caused a fucking uh, political disaster, in my opinion, when we did so. Uh, but... Uh, 
But, you know, Iran is a, a, a major player. They might not be king of the hill, but they're in the fight. Yeah, I mean, in, in you know, Iran, you know, had potential to be a stabilizing force in the region, I would say, probably 15 years ago. Until um, Bush did the stupid axis of evil speech. And yes. even after that, you probably still had a chance, but it, it just deteriorated after that. And and we, I just think yeah. that that opportunity is now gone. Which I consider tragic, by the way. Because oh, it's I think absolutely that was... tragic. Okay. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, because you had the ability, like, if, you, if you've if you got a stabilized Iran, you've got, you know, Saudi Arabia, you've got the United Arab Emirates, um, you know, you've got Jordan. Like, you, you had the potential to really see that region get away from some of the tribalism and start to move more towards... Not You were never going to get a fully democratic, you know, U.S.-style republic over there, right? But if you could get everybody stable, everybody moving forward um, with an upward they, trajectory. They had a young population yeah, that you, wanted you to had, get Western. You had everything that you need. And then everything fucked that you it need. up. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's just, uh, you know, again, it's just another added layer to all this. Um, it's, and I hate to say it, but I don't believe that it's hyperbole. I think it's it's another sort of step in the direction of a World War Three scenario, right? Um, because... I, w I wish I could push back. You know, I mean, like, look, if you go down the line, like, you've already got a war going on on the European continent between Ukraine and Russia. Right. Um, going on two years now, by yeah, the way. Yeah, going on two years now. So, so you've got... Like almost... Exactly, right. isn't it? Right. And then you've got Israel and Palestine that's happening... Um, and, and that could expand, and this could be a part of that expansion. And now throw the U.S., U.K., and Iran into it. Right. And, and when and, is and, it a world war? Right. And now, and, and then you, we just had the, the Taiwanese elections, which fortunately went the way that I think we would want them to go. The DPP, um, Lai Ching-Tai, um, ends up uh, winning that election, and he's about Taiwanese independence. Um, which I believe is good, although the Biden administration comes out and says that they don't necessarily support Taiwanese independence, and uh, I don't know, it's messy, right? And you, you, you want an independent Taiwan, you don't want China to take them over, and, um, and people are like, well, why? Why is Taiwan so important? Well, this is what happens if you get a war in Taiwan, over Taiwan, right? Essentially, the global economy contracts $10 trillion, right? If you have this war um, that pops off between China and Taiwan, and then if we get involved or not, you know, e either way, it's a mess. Why? Semiconductors, right? Okay. They have the largest semiconductor producer in the world, and they've got multiple semiconductors in the world. And a war there disrupts that, and... We saw what happened during COVID if you can't get fucking semiconductors and microchips out, right? What you, you can't, like, cars, computers, anything digital, refrigerators, sure. microwaves. Uh, cell phones. Cell phones, uh, construction but, equipment, right? Like, all, like all, you don't think about them because you don't see them, but you have to have them. You need them. Taiwan is the biggest producer of these. You hurt Taiwan. You hurt that. You hurt the global economy, Right. It directly impacts Taiwan's GDP by 40%. They, they contract by 40% if, if a war goes down in Taiwan. Chinese GDP goes down 17%. U.S. GDP goes down 7%. World GDP goes down by 10%, right? 
right? So there's that. There's the economic right. impact, which is which is crucial, right? Then on top of that, you also have the military strategic positioning of the country itself, just where it's positioned, right? If China doesn't have control over it, and Taiwan has these good working relationships, right, with the US, the UK, and other members of the world, it holds China's military at bay, right? Like they can't go full force, right? Because they like, because Taiwan has certain sovereignty, right? Which China's like, we need to snatch that back so we can push out further. But as long as Taiwan is independent, and they may or may not have U.S. support, which is really unclear, but they do have other Western support, then China's held at bay to a degree, right? If China's allowed to take them back, then they're able to push that much forward, and they're not going to stop with Taiwan, kids, right? Like, they're not. They're going to continue to push out to expand. It's clear, like, China is saying some things that you would want them, like, they're, they're looking at different ways of diplomacy and looking at some of their means and methods to help bring peace around the region and they're going to these different countries like Africa to help build them up like no you're, it's all <laughs> you're stop exploding. right like it's all exploitation and bullshit and you're trying to spread your influence and power and everything else but like Taiwan is important to try to keep neutral um, whether we like it or not you know I want to go a bit inside baseball and I hope this doesn't feel like I'm undermining you but this is you got that data because you and I had a conversation over lunch. And I said, from a political slash economic interest, how important is Taiwan? And you said, it's really fucking important. And I was like, okay, maybe, I don't know. So you delved in. Well, and yeah, and, and I, I, I knew that, I knew military, militarily and strategically, we needed to keep Taiwan out of China's hands for that reason, right? And I knew that there was an economic impact because of the semiconductors, but I just didn't know specifically how big it was, right? And so I didn't want to just throw out there to you, oh, semiconductors and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, no, that wasn't, so that wasn't I, a critique. No, 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 I know. But I, but the reason why I wanted to drill down on like the actual numbers or the impact of this is to show, like, this isn't me just throwing it out there because I think it's cool. Like, why, why the fuck? In all honesty. What do I care about Taiwan, right? Like, I don't really, right? But at the same time, like, knowing what it is, right, and just being a part of the world when everything was cut off and we couldn't get the shit that we needed, right? Like, what happened to the price of cars? The price of cars skyrockets because nobody could get one. There were delays and wait. And guess what? We never bounced back, right? Cars are still overpriced 20% higher than what they should be at this point in time if you calculate for inflation properly, right? But they're still way overpriced because if you're a car, if you're selling cars, you ain't going backwards, right? If people are still willing to buy, like my truck, my truck right now that I drive is a 2020, right? I got it like just as COVID was starting, like right as they were starting to lock us down, right? I got out and I bought that truck, all right? That, that truck then was a $45,000 truck, right? Really nice truck. You've yep. been in it, nice. Yep. Backup camera is good. Everything's good, <laughs> right? Great. My truck's great in the snow. It looks good. It's sexy. Checks all the boxes, right? That same truck, that same, you know, make, model, trim level, everything now is $60,000 fucking dollars, right? Well, I mean, I, I experienced the same thing from kind of a different angle, right? I had an F-150 at the time. And I got more reselling it than I paid for it because mm -hmm. they were. I mean, because of, the, the, because of demand, because of demand, and because there were no microchips. Right. To, there were it, no new it, cars. You couldn't get a new car, so you, people were forced to buy used cars. Yeah, and that depleted the the stock of used cars. So that means the value of used cars goes up, right? And then again, that's the same thing. Like the the 
like used car prices haven't gone back to where the right. point where they should like you can't get a decent used car for less than twenty thousand dollars now, right? Like you used to, like fifteen thousand dollars used to be able to get you a pretty decent car. Maybe it had seventy, eighty thousand miles on it, but it had everything that you needed. Now, you know, you need twenty, twenty five, thirty thousand dollars for a decently, you know, five for a five year old car, which is absurd. And and you know, one thing I want to give the Biden administration credit for is when this shook up the economy, they did do a lot of things to try to encourage U.S. manufacturing of microchips. Now, yeah. now, hopefully, they don't fuck it up. Well, I mean, they're doing it, right? Like, I mean, Intel's there's one putting, in Columbus, right? right. Intel's, Columbus. Intel's putting in that giant plant, but think about it. Like, you can't just throw up a semiconductor plant. Like, those things don't pop up overnight. The the, the campus that Intel wants to bring down, uh, wants to bring to Licking County, which is outside of Columbus, um, like they haven't even like you, I don't even know if they broke ground on that yet. Maybe they have. But I, I mean, I haven't okay. been to the site yet. But, but, but I mean, it's going to be years before that's up and running and ready to produce chips at a rate that is going to make a dent in what's happening right. in Taiwan. And I can actually speak on this very from a professional standpoint because pharmaceutical plants take a long time to build, and in large part for the same reasons: the the level of clean air and clean yeah. facilities manufacturing required for microchips is a higher standard. Than sterile injectable drugs, which is my uh, expertise. Okay, that's disturbing. What sterile injectable drugs? Well, yeah, I'm putting sterile injectable drugs in my body, not me. No, no, but no. In yeah. general, yeah. Okay. So, well, I mean, I do. I take insulin. So, right, yeah. like, yeah, I, like I, I put the shit in my body. I would like to think that the standards for that are going to be higher than oh, a I'm fucking sure. microchip going into a computer. Like that I'm is sure disturbing. Would, I'm, I'm sure, sorry. I'm sure you would like to think that, but let me tell you, <laughs> I mean, I would, they're not. <laughs> and, and, there, and there's classifications of, of, of environments where like how many parts per whatever, and I will make people fall asleep if I get into it too, yes. too far. But the standards are higher for semiconductor manufacturing than they are for sterile injectable drugs. Awesome. And yes, you should be disturbed by that. But also I can tell you for a fact what I'm saying is true. Okay, I, 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 and I believe you. I just, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I, I just, you know, but it's the world we live in. So, so Taiwan is a big fucking deal. Taiwan is a big deal, right? right. It, it is a little bit under the radar, but I mean, like the their elections went the way that I, I would want them to go, wanting them to maintain their sovereignty and independence. I don't like, you know, Biden comes out with their statement, like, look, we're all about a one China policy. So this whole thing that the U.S. supports Taiwan's independence, like, that's disturbing coming out of their camp. Like, look, as much as you could talk about some of the good things that, that the Biden administration has done, because they have done some good things between the infrastructure bill, I think this push that you just said yep. to bring microchips to the U.S., um, some of the things they've Inflation done. Inflation Reduction Act. Right. They've done good they, things. They, you know, they've done some things like they, they, they put a lot of money into affordable housing, which is my world, right? Like, sure. and I'm very grateful for it because there's a lot of dollars out there to do the thing that I do. So, good job, Joe. But, you know, you go back to Afghanistan, you go back to, um, you know, even some of the stuff. You know, pa Palestine, Palestine, well, even Israel. But, I mean, like, you, like looking at the whole record, right? Not, not just being captured by the moment. Right, like some of the stuff, the way that kind of COVID was handled towards the end, right? Um, you know, going back to the pullout of, of Afghanistan, and then, like you said, like this whole situation with the Israelis, like you, like you, you should be pushing much harder for a ceasefire than what you are now. You now they will say like, hey, we're trying to do this back channel, and and that's the problem. 
Right, that's the problem. You're not being upfront, honest, and transparent about it. You're saying, on the one hand, Israel, we support you wholly, nonstop, whatever, all the, we, you got all our support, right? But it's just like, hey, they're massacring people over there, so maybe we should back off. And the U.S. government's like, shh, we're, we're talking to them, don't worry. The diplomatic we, tap dancing is pretty bad. It, it's, 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 it's awful. I say pretty bad is probably right. I mean, and, and look, you, got a, you have a large Middle Eastern population here between Jews and Muslim people from Palestine and Jordan, right? And I get that you have, you, you got to think about all of it, but at the end of the day, we're still talking about human life. Yeah. Right? And the, the blood on the hand of the, like, listen, again, what Hamas did was unforgivable, unthinkable, and brutal. You need to go after Hamas specifically, right? And based off of Israel's actions, they're saying that, like, if you are Palestinian, then you are, in, then You're you are Hamas. Hamas. Jason. <laughs> no, they, then they're just because the way they're killing them, right? Yeah. Like they're just dropping bombs indiscriminately, and they're shooting people running down the street with no clothes, no weapons, waving, wearing flags. So you're telling me that you basically see all Palestinians as terrorists, as Hamas, based off the based off your actions. I mean, based on what you said earlier, and you're 100 percent right. They didn't even make sure they were Palestinians. They shot Israeli citizens. Right. They just they they, they saw you were people in a spot, and that, we said, right. "Yep." You saw people that weren't wearing. Hey, I'm an Israeli soldier. You know, on their shirt, but they didn't have shirts, so you killed them. Right. Yeah. And and I think there's for whatever reason that just kind of was like, oh man, this is bad, and then it kind of like fell out of the media cycle. But I can't let that go, right? Because. That, that feels like it tells you a whole lot, and I feel like we didn't pull from that what we needed to pull from it, right? It told you that right. they, are just, they are just killing those people. It's a single data point that emphasizes a bigger yes. issue, which is... Right, but that's not the only data point. No, 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 no I'm not saying Yeah, it. no, no, I'm just saying, like, you, like you're right, that is, that's a... Da- but if you take all the data points, right, of the different things that the, the Israeli government has done in Gaza, in Palestine... It, it, it like you the picture is painted the mosaic is painted, right? And it, it, it is 100% horrific. You're, you're, there's no even counterpoint to that. And we went back, we went yeah. back to Israel, but but um, but yeah. So all right, having the the Taiwan thing again. You and I talked about this over lunch the other day, mm-hmm. and I'm glad we get to to talk about it uh, with more data, which you did a good job of researching. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, but. So the election goes the way that is best for U.S. interests. Um, I guess I, I think I hope <laughs> right, I, I, and, and that's hard for me to say. But I would think you know having a government that wants to stay independent of China is good, and then we'll see where it goes. Right? And you know it's it's funny though because naively, for a very long time, I believed Taiwan's interest in, uh, or sorry, Ch- China's interest in Taiwan was purely historical and ego-based. And what you're broad, what we're talking about now is it's also hugely economic-based, which, by the way, almost every war is ultimately economically-based. Yes. But, you know, the impact of, well, it's just a small island right off the coast of China. Why do they give a fuck? Well, if whatever percent of the world's microchips are getting produced there, and if China could then say, oh, we control that now too, mm-hmm. I mean, you and I both have phones that probably have Taiwanese or Chinese 
uh, made microchips in them. So you have a Motorola. You absolutely have Taiwanese. And Apple doesn't. Right. And I'm just saying, like I, like we both do. Okay. Right. Like I, 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 I didn't, just, like, like, I didn't like, give myself a pass. Fucker. <laughs> anyway. Right. Um, let's talk about fun let, stuff. Let's now. come. Let's come back home domestically. Uh, Donald Trump in court again. Um, you know, a lot of rants from him. It, it, it's, dude, I don't, this is so exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. Keeping uh, track of what's civil, what's criminal, what's federal, what's state, it is like which, absolutely fucking exhausting. Which is the right judge word. is he ranting about on Truth Social and all this other stuff? And, you know, it, it just, it's. Exhausting look, is the word. And I, it, he's doing. Here's the playbook, right? It's very simple. Um, I think the author of this playbook, he's not the original author, but I think the author of the you know Trump MAGA playbook, Steve Bannon, with support from uh, you know with, with supporting cast of Mike Flynn, Stephen Miller, um, Roger Stone. We'll get to him. Yeah, Roger Stone, uh, a few others, but ultimately, it's. You know, what I've said for a long time, create chaos, create distrust, right? Dis discredit all trusted sources of information, right? Especially in the media, but also academia, also politicians, right? Yeah. Destabilize the trust in those and make it so that none of it sounds accurate or true and then refocus the attention on you. Hey, you can't trust mainstream media. You can't trust academia. You can't trust the the establishment government. You, you know the 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 rhinos and the and the Democrats. You can't trust any of that. Um, you can't trust the courts, right? They're all corrupt. But who can you can trust? Donald Trump. You can trust anyone that's loyal to Donald Trump. We have the truth, right? Because then once you make it so that. You've got a large contingency of your following that will not trust anything unless it comes from you. Then you get to a point where even if those people are presented with real, true, hard facts, it doesn't matter. They'll shake it off and they will defer to you. Sure. Right? Which gives you a certain level of control because you become their stabilizing force. And when that number of supporters and, uh, and loyalists grow to a certain point, right? And this is where you and I differ because you like to use the word cult. And yes. in my opinion, that is lazy and completely um, underrates what's happening. This is more than a cult. Like... Cults are dangerous for that group of people, right? This is going to destabilize the fucking world. That is more than a cult. Well, and again, we'll, we'll you know, we'll, I mean, we'll bag heads as we want because yeah. give me give me a word that describes. But we don't cult. have it. Like right. sometimes it's, it's a, you need a new <laughs> okay. word. Okay, right? Like, give me that I mean, word. Because, I'll start using it. Because to me, what when when I hear cult in this, that's like saying I got a cold sore. When in reality, you've got like last stage, last stage AIDS, right? 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 and I just, I, I think the word, I think the term cult doesn't really fully describe the danger that we're dealing with here, right? Because I understand your point of view, and I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. I'm just saying, I don't give have a better the, word. Give, say, give right. me a better word because right. because it is absolute fucking loyalty. And when you study cults, which I started doing a couple years ago for obvious reasons, and you see like, wait a minute, you believe this nonsense? You believe David Koresh has to fuck your wife because uh, you know he's doing God's work? And yes, that happened. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to a Trump supporter and I've said, if I give you this fact that says that this is the case, will you believe it? Perfect example is um, um, former chief of staff um, John Kelly. John Kelly heard Trump say, "I'm not going to that uh, cemetery in France because it's full of losers and suckers." And I've said, "You know, I can't believe a Republican, any American politician of any stripe, could say that and not be completely shunned, especially a Republican running for president." And when I've said to people like John Kelly said he said this. No, he didn't. Can I, if I show you a video of John Kelly saying this, I don't know who John Kelly is. Look, and, man, and I, they I, will deny, I, deny, I deny. It. And and again, but we're taught. But you know, that's uh, again. I, I sure. Just, uh, but anyway, we're, to the we're, point, we're spiraling. Sorry. Um, you know, so I guess like, is there a specific thing about Trump in court that we want to talk about? Like, I mean, I, and I say and and I say it the way I do, just because it's obvious what he's trying to do, right? The judge says. You can speak, but you can't talk about these things. He immediately gets up and talks about these things. The court says, all right, well, I got to shut you down. And the court, the judge shuts him down. And then he goes out on the front steps and says, oh, the corrupt judge. And they don't, they have it against me and blah, 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 blah. Me, 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 Victim, victim, victim. Yeah. I mean, and it's just like, it, it almost doesn't even matter which case this was about and whatever. Like, I, I just, it, it's, it's exhausting. Right, and then it's just like all these judges talk to. If you do this, then there's going to be consequences. I don't know what the consequences have been to this point, I, and it's just at, like you're making me want to go uh, Hans Blix in uh, Team America. Yeah, I'm, we're going to write I you just, a firmly re- really angry with you and write write a letter to you telling how angry we are. Right, it's just I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's at a point now where it's uh, it's such a jumbled mess. It's hard to talk about. You don't want to ignore it. Because I think that's also part of the plan, right? Like, I mean, get it so messed up. Make people got, make people numb. Right. Like make people numb to it, make people ignore it, and then they're not gonna notice, right, when you know, what you're doing as you're doing it, because people either tune out completely or they're a hundred percent in on all of it, right? And they just support all of it, or they're a hundred percent against it, and that's all they do is rail against the nonsensical items and miss the big picture. Right, which is basically what I see happening now, right? Like the anti-Trump people get so caught up on this thing that he said or this tweet or this uh, truth social thing that he put out that they miss the bigger policy implications of some of the shit going on in the background. And again, I think that's 100% intentional, right? It's just jingle the keys, make a mess, create chaos, and get people arguing back and forth about dumb shit that literally doesn't matter, Right, while the more crucial shit happens in the background, um, the people ignore, and that's how they continue to sort of kind of uh, succeed and expand um, their influence. Sure. 
And, you know, I, I, again, we could do this for hours, but I do want to get to Roger Stone because that will probably fall its way out of the uh, news cycle in a week. Yeah, I mean, Roger Stone, known scumbag, convicted felon, but pardoned uh, by Trump. Right. <laughs> also went to a convicted felon because of his dealings <laughs> with, with Trump. Trump. Um, you know, former advisor of some sort to Trump during the White House, like just a weird guy, you know, has a giant tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back, you know, was known to frequent the swinger scene in, you know, New York and in DC and the whole swinger scene thing. Again, I don't kink shame. I don't, whatever your thing is when it comes to sex, I'm not going to shame you. I've got my own shit that I'm into, so how dare I pass judgment? But here's the thing. I don't tell you what and how you should do it, and I don't pose myself as a Christian, right? I believe in God to a degree. I'm a universally or universe spiritual sort of guy. I was raised in, you know, the Baptist and the Catholic Church. Probably know more about Catholicism than a lot of Catholics do. But that being said, I'm into the shit that I'm into. And I don't judge people on sexual proclivities, right? So sure. when I bring up Roger Stone and him frequenting the swinger scene in D.C. and New York and everything else, Roger Stone, you know, in this Trump movement because they've gotten support from or they've received report, support from, you know, your v evangelicals and, you know, like that now they're all, you know, Trump is so oh, now all of a sudden he's this big Christian and he knows all about Christianity, right? He was Can't, sent by God. They put on a yeah, fucking video. Right. Like, I mean, there are multiple people out there who are talking about God as a Messiah and as a savior and, and all this other stuff. Like they literally you know, made... Trump as a Messiah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or yeah, yeah. Trump as a Messiah. And they literally made a golden statue of him at the CPAC conference last year. Like, I mean, it just... You know, they're all going to this sort of this this thing of religion, and even Roger Stone has talked about it. But it's just like, dude, you were just you were just judging a wet T-shirt contest at a strip club. Like, I mean, I, I don't right. know, man. I I don't know if I buy your Christianity bullshit. But the reason why we bring him up is because there's a recording of him uh, during it was around the time that Trump was being impeached. I don't know, first or second time. Uh, I think it, I believe it was the second time, right? Um, I'm almost sure it was second time. And, that was over January 6th. Right. And so <laughs> this is Roger Stone's quote. Let's go find Solwell, meaning Eric Solwell, um, congressman out of New York. Let's go find Solwell. It's time to do it. Then we'll see how brave the rest of them are. It's time to do it. It's Nadler or, Sol- or Swalwell has to die before the election. They need to get the message. Let's go find Solwell and get this over with. I'm just not putting up with this shit anymore. And again, he says, it's Nadler or Swalwell has to die before the election. They need to get the message. Let's go find Swalwell and get this over with. I'm just not putting up with this shit anymore. Roger Stone. All right. We talk all the time about what's a First Amendment issue. And... I usually lose my mind and say, when you say you should be saving stuff without consequence, you know, I, I got fired for this, that's the First Amendment thing, that's bullshit. In, if you're threatening the lives of a congressman, what do you have to do for that to cross into the realm of illegality? And, I, and the truth is, I think he actually shouldn't be prosecuted for those words. But if he took any actions to back those words up, that's conspiracy to commit murder. 
I mean, first of all, he's talking about killing someone. Um, now, I don't know if this was on the phone. If it was on the phone, he's definitely got an issue with conspiracy, right? Um, I think and, he was talking to right. I think oh, he was talking security to, guy. I think he was talking to a person in the same room, and someone happened to record it, which I think is a little bit of a buffer there. Um, I, not jumping into the, I, I, I don't necessarily know if this is the right direction to go. Okay, because I, I mean, realistically, there. we're we're not going to see Roger Stone prosecuted on this, right? Um, even if you could, right? Like, could you make the connections? I, I don't to, think to, you can. You you could right like I mean he's literally threatening the life of someone on the phone right and and not just anyone right um, so I could absolutely work with that as a prosecutor um, but you need a lot more right and I and and I think this is a sort of instance now look if you got somebody who received a payment right sure. or you got some sort of set up communication. Or someone right. took action, took a shot at one of these well, guys. Well, no, I mean you can't. That didn't happen. Right? Right. Like okay. we did. We, we at least as far as I I, I know, knew there was not an assassination attempt on Swalwell or Nadler. But even without that, I don't necessarily need someone to have tried to do it, right? If I'm Hitman, right, and Roger Stone has talked to me and said, "Look, at a certain point, you're going to get a call from me to go, right? Or the call is going to come from whoever the other person knows that he was talking to." Maybe that person decided not to go through with it, but there's a hitman on the other side of it, right, who had an account set up and had communication set up, a burner phone specifically that only that guy had ties to, right? If I could connect all those dots, then absolutely I can make well, a case. Well, that, that's a conspiracy. That, that Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And, like, so there's something there. And, but, like, just off that recording alone, I don't know. There's not necessarily enough. But that recording could trigger an investigation that could get you to a point where you've got enough where you bring charges on him and you take his ass in and he goes to jail for an extended period of time, right? Either way, it's very dangerous. It's not protected under free speech, right? You can't, th like, free speech does not mean, like, you can't just threaten to kill people and then say, oh, free speech, right? Um, you know, so th th there's, look, it's now, also, I don't know what the circumstances were that allowed for this to be recorded, right? Okay. So there, no, there, evidential. Yeah, I mean, well, validity. that shit matters, right? It does. Like, it does. Because I kind of need to be able to introduce this in the evidence, right? Like, so I need to know where it came from and how it was obtained. There's a there's a lot of questions around it, so that's why I don't want to necessarily go into. Okay. Oh, I could charge him. I, like, and, you and you I, could charge him. Whatever. Maybe I, I misspoke. But I, I just, it's just more of again the sentiment of who and what you're dealing with, and why these people are. Dangerous, yeah. Right? Well, but again, to the whole cult isn't a strong enough word. Roger Stone running his yap and getting overheard is one thing. People attacked our fucking capital on January sixth, and were looking for members of Congress. And whenever people tell me, "Oh, it was no big deal," I ask the question: oh, If they got their hands on Nancy Pelosi or AOC, what do you think would have happened? Oh, I don't know. You yeah, know you exactly do. what would have fucking happened. Yeah, they would have murdered them. Yeah, and and this is. A probably, probably worse. A right? scaled I mean, down. Yeah, let's yeah. not even go there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, th I think it's important just again just to throw out like who who these people are, how they're operating, what they're thinking, right? Their level of sanity, and recognize and their like, potential impact. You don't want these people back in the White House, right? Like if if Trump gets back in the White House. Roger Stone has access to Donald Trump. We know this, right? We, we've, we've read the stories of him being in the West. Like, come on, people. 
You really want this is the guy that you want in there, right? And but, we also know that if Trump gets reelected, look, last time around he tried to put in people who were connected politically, but maybe not pure loyalists. He's going to put in next pure time loyalists. would be pure loyalists. Yes, um, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy, right? Vivek Ramaswamy in Iowa um, has these shirts that say uh, "Save Trump, Vote Vivek." Right. Okay. So I guess he's trying to say, like, look, Trump's in a world of hurt with all his legal cases. The establishment's trying to take him down. So the only way to save him is to vote me in. I can pardon him. I'll take care of Trump. We'll all be good. I'll, I'll follow through on his policies. I can be the savior. I'm the new Trump. Trump didn't like this. Trump goes off on a... On a so truth social rant saying Vivek's not loyal and he's not MAGA, don't waste a vote on him, he's not a part of it, he's an establishment plant, he's this and he's that. I think George Soros, his name was bought up. Now Vivek Ramaswamy is a Soros, he got a, he was, uh, he was a fellow, basically got a fellowship through a Soros fund of some sort, okay. right? Which was... But Soros is a boogeyman in my mind. They yes, use that he name. he is, right? Like, I mean, it's just like, what are you guys going to do when George Soros dies? But then George Soros just named his son as his heir apparent, so they will just there we go. swap it in <laughs> pro- and out. Pro- problem so, solved. Problem solved. You still got your boogeyman. Um, and, and I wasn't bringing it up, but I'm just saying, like, that. For, so for Trump, it's easy, right? He just throws out all the buzzwords, right? He was able, he's able to, you know, through Vivek being a Soros fellow, say he's, you know, controlled by George Soros. And it's obvious that they're using Vivek to try to get to me to knock me out and replace me. And so don't vote for Vivek. And Vivek's like, oh, Trump was the best president of the 21st century. I was, I've always been loyal to him. I'm just thinking about what's best for the country. So now they're going back and forth. And, you know, Trump continues to cannibalize the GOP. Right. Yeah. And by the way, Nikki Haley and, and Ron DeSantis had a debate, which I didn't even watch, to be honest I didn't, with you. I didn't realize, I didn't know it happened until after it happened. Okay. I Like, I'm aware of it. Yeah. I know it. I haven't even seen anything from it. I have. I saw some of the, and it was, all, all Nikki Haley kept saying is, go to DeSantisLies.com. So he would talk and she would go, he's lying again. Just go to this website, DeSantisLies.com. She played that card at least three or four times, maybe more. Mm. And so there's a website dedicated to Ron DeSantis' lies. So they're they're shooting back and forth. I do think she is the only viable Republican candidate outside of Trump. And what happens on Monday in Iowa will be um, interesting if she gets any kind of a groundswell. Um, look, I mean, I think realistically, she's not going to... She's not going to get the nomination. Trump's going to get the nomination. I don't think it's close. I think... She is once again playing both sides of the fence. Like she's rolling, she's kind of pulling back on her criticisms of Trump because I think she knows where this is going. Um, you know, I don't think she's caught in, she's caught cotton. I don't think she's caught smoke from Trump yet. Oh, um, yeah, she has. He called her bird brain and. Oh, uh, yeah. But okay. I mean, but I think, so I think she's trying to position herself for a vice presidential sort of role, which, man. Uh, I don't know if I would want that role. You know? Oh, geez, no. I mean, I, well, I know I wouldn't want that role under Trump. I'm just saying in general, I'm not sure of vice president because it just doesn't seem to go well for vice presidents anymore. Right. right? It, it used, used to be, be a stepping stone to the presidency. It used to be a stepping stone to the presidency, and now, like, if you look at it, it's just like vice president and kind of... Well, Biden was a vice president and... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, 
Um, <laughs> so again, Sorry. I don't. I, we should avoid that. Right? Okay. Yes. But but you know, I mean, like she. I think she's kind of playing the fence and trying to kind of get herself into that position. I, I could easily see Trump not going with her because I don't know if he trusts her to be 100% loyal to him. And if he wants a woman running mate, it's probably going to be Carrie Lake, which is why she is not, no. Carrie Lake's unemployed because she sucks. <laughs> but she, if she does get employed anytime soon, it'll be as Trump's running mate, yeah. I think. No, and I think she's the ideal. She's been a Trump loyalist to the right, which is why she, degree. Which is why she's sticky. She, she knows damn well. You know, she didn't win in Arizona, and she knows that all this is bullshit, but she needs to keep herself relevant so that she stays in Trump's ear and, and eye and so that he can, you know, like when it comes time. Because she knows it's not going to be about the due diligence and give me reports and she's going to, you know, he's going to read about their resumes. He just wants the person who's going to kiss his balls the most, right? And Carrie Lake has done that, right? Yep. Un, un, you know. un, unwaveringly. Yeah, so, I mean, that's who it's going to be. And Nikki Haley is going to be on the outside looking in, which she's going to be left questioning herself because she's, she's had an opportunity to come out and really kind of stick it to Donald Trump, right? And, if you, and that's where Chris Christie has known, like, he didn't have a chance in hell, but he used it as an opportunity to come out and just be honest about what he thinks about Trump and the Republican Party and the direction that they're going. And he stepped out of the race and just like, all right, look, you know, I've only spent $3 million on this thing or whatever, $8 million. I can't remember what they spent, but it's a small number comparatively so, right? Nikki Haley has spent 50-some-odd million dollars so far in her campaign. Ron DeSantis has spent $60 million on his campaign. You know, Trump, we know, has been, you know, he'll spend, you know, $100 million and whatever, and he may not even have to spend that much this point in time around, but we know he's raising money like hell. So... You know, I mean, I think Chris Christie just took the opportunity just like, well, at least I can know I went out being honest about all this shit and I yeah. was true to myself. Nikki Haley's not going to be able to do that. No. You know, and I don't think Ron DeSantis even cares. <laughs> There's that. And, and um, you know, I, I've in the past said that I could vote for Chris Christie. Um, <sighs> this is what I'll tell you. I mean, I think now in this day and age, you got to be careful throwing that shit out there. I mean, I think it's just... You got to kind of take a wait and see approach, um, and you know, it's just it, because Chris, because Chris Christie could easily, from right now, flop back, you know, and you know, depending There's on talks about him going third party, right? I, well, and and we'll see, right? Like, I mean, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you just got to be careful. Um, Kind of let some of this shit play out, and then and then make a decision when when well, you yeah. have to. I, I didn't say I would. I said I could yeah. vote for Chris Christie, but I, we've spent more time on Chris Christie than probably the rest of the media uh, combined because he yeah he punched out. We got to bring up Hunter Biden because you do. Well, I think we have to at least acknowledge that it's becoming yet another uh, Washington shit show. So they threatened him with contempt of Congress because he wouldn't testify. In a private setting. He then shows up. And in a congressional hearing. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Tries to admit. A picture of his dick. Into the congressional record. And yes. It's out there. Yeah. He has his like, hookers and blow. What's crazy is. Like, you're pull like you pulled a picture off his computer. And you're entering it as evidence. As now look. In the picture. 
I think he's naked. His dick is visible, and I think he may There's be smoking. Prostitute smoking. I think he's smoking crack. I think that's I, okay, the big yeah, thing, yeah. right? Um, because. Women in pictures, like you don't know, like you can, like anytime there's a, a guy, right, with a woman naked in pictures on a, she's a prostitute, right? Like, we're, oh, okay. the assumption is that she's, okay. I don't know that these women are prostitutes. They probably were. Maybe he admitted they were, but I don't know, right? Like, I mean, I could just go outside and be like, hey, I got a whole bunch of blow uh, and I got a lot of money. Does anybody want to come party in this hotel with me? And I could probably get two or three girls, which is like, that sounds like a fantastic time. Let's go. Right, and that doesn't necessarily make that's those my girls. Strat- my strategy for Tuesday, by the way. That that doesn't make those girls <laughs> prostitutes, right? And I, 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 I will not confirm or deny if, <laughs> if, if if I've taken similar approaches in the past. But point being, point being is that let's focus on the prostitutes and more probably on the crack uh, pipe yeah. that he was smoking at the time. But either way, you pull him off his private computer, and then you're trying to enter him as evidence is like. You know, evidences of crime, like of Joe, but like, because the whole point is that somehow Joe Biden is guilty of something, right? So, what point, what what does it matter you showing me pictures of a Hunter Biden orgy with him smoking crack, Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? Do you just like looking at Hunter Biden's dick? I don't know. Maybe you do, right? Dude looked like he had a little length to him. Maybe that's more than you've seen in your past. I don't fucking know. Right? I'm, I'm not going to join in on that. That's on you, Mr. I'm so puritanical. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just like, look, they put the pictures out there, right? Like, sure. I, I mean, like, and when I saw the pictures, like, it was completely unexpected. Like, they were on Twitter, and I'm scrolling, and I'm like, what is this? What am I looking? Oh, that's Hunter Biden. Oh, that's his dick. Oh, shit. Right? Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> like, that's how it happens. So, I mean, don't blame me. But anyway, uh, anyway, so, yeah. Uh, they had they had this thing where they were trying to, uh, you know, embarrass and yeah, whatever, and, 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 and dig up dirt to attack Joe Biden. This is all of this. Has and all we have to been. do, like, and Hunter Biden's only saying is like, look, I don't want it to be in private because I don't trust you guys. Yeah. Right. And it's just like if you like, right? Like the whole thing is to embarrass me, embarrass my dad. You want to take me down, so just do it in public. Fillet me in public if that's the way you want to do it. If you're going to bury me, then I want to be buried in front of everybody. Right. Right. And, and so, I don't want you to be able to lie right, about what was said behind right, closed and doors. They, and they, and the question has to be, why the fuck are they so resistant to it? Right? And, we, and we know the answer. Yeah, we know. They the want answer. to be able to make shit up. Yes. This whole thing is opposition research. People say, well, they went after Trump's kids. Yeah, they were in the White House doing White House activities. Right. Hunter Biden has done exactly zero governmental right. work ever. Ivanka and Donald Jr., Right, like or Ivanka for sure. No, and, and Donald Jr. and Jared well, Kushner. No, no, no. Ivanka and Jared had roles in the White House, right? Period. Point blank. The end. Uh, Donald Jr. and Eric Trump, I don't believe, had official roles in the White House. They just they were just running his business and were mouthpieces for and, okay, him. Okay, we're mouthpieces. Right, but where they got where Eric and Donald got pulled in and Ivanka is because of their roles in Trump or Trump's organization, which is what was at issue, at least in New York. That's why they got pulled into it. Ivanka and Jared Kushner get pulled into it as it relates to some of Trump's dealings in the White House because they worked there, right? Like, they had official roles there. So, yes, they get pulled in. They didn't pull Barron in, right? The kid's 14 and a giant, but they didn't pull him in, right, because he had nothing to do with it. But if they kids had something, they didn't bring in Tiffany, right? Like, people forget about the daughter he had with Marla Maples. Tiffany Trump, she didn't get pulled in anything. Why? Because she didn't have anything to do with what was going on in the White House. She wasn't even there. She wasn't even in the, you know, she was in... Tiffany Trump and 
Hunter and Biden are essentially the same person. Yes. They're, they're not... Well, that's not fair. Okay, because Tiffany, mean, just Trump doesn't care about Tiffany Trump. No, I mean, it's just... I mean, I don't know enough about Tiffany Trump to say that. I mean, I think she may or may not be in law school or something like that. Uh, or she, or maybe she's at Harvard. I, I don't know. But, I mean, she's a college kid. Uh, I'm not, I'm not taking right. shit out on All a right. college kid. Like, I mean, I whatever she's doing... Fucking I, honestly, a million I other know. girls are doing it in college, and she's doing it on daddy's dime. Is that is that and, really that different than any other girl that goes to a school in the Northeast? And, and I don't even know how to go regional. But um, Hunter Biden's, the whole thing about Hunter Biden is what is his connection and how did he benefit from his relationship with his father? Meanwhile, Jared Kushner got $2 billion with a B from the Saudi Arabian government. Or sorry, from the Saudi royal family, whatever. Um, so I haven't heard that get talked about a lot. I mean, it's and brought up all the time, but every, but it just everyone but, on oh, that oh, side. Yeah, that, oh yeah, that happened. Right. I, it, oh. All right, dude. We're almost at an hour, like literally at an hour, and um, at this time we expected to be uh, watching the Buffalo Bills play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and this has turned into a mess, right? So. The weather in Buffalo is is a mess. Blizzards, high wind, cold temperatures, snow, you can't see. Uh, so they moved the game from 1 o'clock on Sunday to 4.30 on Monday. There's talks that they may have to move the game to Tuesday. Uh, and it's just, it's just a mess, right? Like, you've got Pittsburgh fans that are mad because they think that the governor of New York moved the game because it gave the Bills an advantage. And... You know, which is frustrating to me, right? Because if the if the if they played the game today, this isn't what we all want to see, right? This game, a game like this, a playoff game in this weather, right? If you if you're the oh that's football weather, then you're a person who's never played fucking football, and you for damn sure didn't play it in that weather because no one likes to play in that weather, right? Like no one like, and I mean it, right? Like when you're talk, when it's so cold. Right, that your sweat and your snot and your spit freezes to your mouth, your beard, your face, right, and it hurts. Um, where the ground is frozen and you literally end up all cut up because the ground is literally just a solid, it feels like concrete, right, and the grass is no longer soft grass, but it's like little razor blades. Um, and it feels like your fucking toes are going to like literally fall off if you kick something, right? You can't keep your hands warm. You can't keep your face warm. Your eyeballs are physically cold. That's not football weather. It's fucking awful, <laughs> right? And you can sit there and call me a pussy, but I played in it and I was successful in it, but I still fucking hated every minute of it. And I punished people even worse. And I probably hurt people f with long-term injuries because I hated playing weather in that so bad that if I hit you, I was like it was gonna hurt anyway. So I made sure that it hurt. I made sure that when you hit the ground, you felt all two hundred and fifty pounds of me going into you. As sexual as that sounds, I hated it. This is not football weather. This is dangerous weather that sucks. I still I don't have feeling in two fingers and a toe because of this type of weather. This is not fucking football weather. So don't give me, oh, you're a pussy because you don't want to play in that weather. You fucking fat piece of shit that's saying it because you know you are. Whoever's saying, oh, well, these guys are just soft. You're soft as shit. When I touch you, my finger goes into you because you're such a fat, soft piece of shit. This isn't about weather. This isn't about toughness. This is literally about safety, 
right? You play these type of games, right? And then people end up being stuck in traffic and accidents and all that. People's lives are at risk, right? It's not just the players. You got staff. You've got crew members. You've got the media. You've got every. You've got the police and the civil service. Sure. Everyone who has to do it. So don't give me this shit about not be, about but, being soft. But the, the but the the counterpoint to that is what you just said. The weather impacts the ability to get the game played, regardless of field conditions. Field conditions might suck. You know, if you built built a dome in Buffalo, you could have a controlled environment, fine. But the fans and the staffs and the police and whatever could not safely get to the game. Right now, now, or from the game, or from the game. Oh, and and if something happened, I mean, I spent. I've talked multiple times about spending last Christmas in Buffalo and getting stuck in a house for three days, yeah. and having my drinking monitored by my sister and all that shit. But, uh, Probably needed to happen. Yeah, whatever. Um, but it was literally a situation where if you left your domicile and got caught in the weather, no one could get to you to help you. Yeah. And so they did the right thing by addressing this and moving the game. The question is, should they have just said, sorry, Buffalo, but your weather <laughs> caused this game to leave your city. It's happened to us twice in the last couple of years. We had to play a game in Detroit. Yeah. But these are regular season games. Yeah. Um, I understand why the governor, who is a Western New York girl, don't know her Bills affiliation or not. Um, but, you know, people are claiming it was a political move by the governor. I'm like, come on. She yeah, had I she mean, had to do yes. something. I mean, and she also wanted to keep the money in Buffalo. Listen, then, it, it, the NFL said, look, these are your options. Move the game a day. Or we're going to move the game to Atlanta. That's what the NFL said. So the governor said, okay, fine. We'll just move it a day. Jesus Christ, you psychos. <laughs> right? Like, that's literally what happened. Like, that, that's not, and that's not me making that. Like, that's the, the NFL right. said, either you move this game back so we're not dealing with this shit weather, or we're going to move the game to fucking Atlanta. And, and they you, also talked about moving to Cleveland, by the well, way. That was out there for a while. Well, a that didn't line. come from the NFL. The NFL said the game goes to Atlanta. Because what they were saying was... We're not going to have people trying to drive from Buffalo in this shit to Cleveland. We're not going to have Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh to right? We're not going to have Pittsburgh get a decided advantage because the weather is not nearly as bad coming from Pittsburgh to Cleveland. Right? That stadium, you know damn well that that, Cle- that Cleveland State, if they move that game here, that it would it might as well have been a home game for Pittsburgh. Right? And and then Buffalo loses the advantage of being a two seed. At least if you send it down to Atlanta. At least it's you make more fair. Trail. Now, the, realist, the, real, the, the reality of it is, is that the Steelers travel so well, right? And this is not, this is not just me saying, like, it, that you True. watch but any... Bu- Buffalo does, too. Y'all don't travel like us, and you know. Uh, I, you right, don't. Right. Like, don't, don't do this. Come on, man. Like, I will go... We can pull every fucking game. I got NFL Plus. I will pull every fucking away game that we played, and you watch, the, like, all those fucking yellow, terrible towels, every fucking stadium that we play in... Like, when we play in games in domes and we make a play, it sounds like a home game. Like, come, don't, don't, don't fuck with I, it. Come we, on. That, I, I, I will push back and say we do the same thing. You don't. You do not. You do not travel like us. It's not, like, it's not close. Like, you guys are crazy fans and you jump through tables and you're awesome and you're the Bills Mafia. You do travel well. You do not travel like the Steelers. And here's why. Why would you? Right, like think about it. Like the Steelers won four Super Bowls. You lost four Super Bowls. Not to mention the Super Bowls we've lo- we've won, right? In the last twenty years, right? Like it, the fan base is spread throughout the nation. Like, listen, the NFL came. The NFL literally, like, you know how the Cowboys got the name America's, America's team? team? I do not. 
The NFL came to Pittsburgh and said, we want to label you America's team. And the Rooney said, no, we're not. No, stop. And so the Cowboys said, oh, we'll take it. And that's how they got that's how they got that name, right? Like, so you can say the Bill like the Bills travel well. I'm not saying you don't travel well, but if you honestly think fine. You know what? Y'all travel so, go ahead, move the game to Atlanta. Move the game to Atlanta. You think you guys are gonna travel the same way we travel? Do you know how many people from Buffalo live in Atlanta right now? You know how many Steeler fans, people from Pittsburgh, would live in Atlanta right now? You know how many Steeler fans who are not from Pittsburgh, who are just Steeler fans that live in Atlanta and live in every major city? Come on, fam. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, there are four teams. I can tell you this. Here's the thing. You go to Chicago. You go to Chicago. There are I maybe I know for a fact that when I was there. There were two Bills Packers bars, right? Because okay. I worked next to one, and there was another one, uh, like kind of not in the like kind of like not in downtown, but right. Cicero yep. area. Yep. There's literally a Steeler bar on every side of town in Chicago, and multiple in downtown Chicago, right? It's Chicago. First of all, you have the Bears there. Yes, it's an NFL city, right? but and that's the real big, test, by the way. But it's a big NFL city, and there are so many Steeler fans in Chicago. That they have multiple backers bars. Now, the Bills have multiple backers bars, but you don't have as many in Chicago, right? This isn't a slight towards Bills fans, right? Now, you guys got that Northeast chip on your shoulder, and I don't want to be the one to have to knock it the fuck off, but apparently I'm going to have to. Now, I'm just telling you, they move this game. It doesn't matter where they move it. It no longer is a home game for Buffalo. I'm just telling you. I mean, to say it's no longer a home game, obviously, just geographically. Well, but you're saying it will be a you clear won't. Steelers favorite, and I, I would. Now I kind of want the game to go to Atlanta. I know you do, and I love that because you are so you got that Northeast <laughs> Coast arrogance about you. Hold on, we're yeah, that's East what Coast. that is. That's you are. Fuck out of here. You're New, New York. Oh, New we're York worse State. than New York. The, yes. The, so New York State is now not in the Northeast of the United fucking States. I said it's not East Coast. Okay, it is. Is, is New Pitt, York... Pittsburgh is as close to the coast as Buffalo. Does the state of New York share a yes, coast it with does. the goddamn Atlantic Ocean? Yes, it does. Then your state is an East Coast fucking state. All right? I've had this argument so many times of, we're not really Midwest, we're not really East Coast. And you're not I, Midwest. Well, well, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Cleveland, and Detroit kind of fall into their own little... Right, their own thing. little circle. Yeah. Right? Like right there. Because the of the Great Lakes. Yep, absolutely. And the Rust Belt. Uh, absolutely. All right, um, we probably will continue this argument after we turn off the mics. No, I'm just going to punch you in the fucking kidneys. In the kidneys? Yeah. Wow, go for the kidneys. Yeah. Wow. I just, I just, you Why know. kidneys? That's, that's, um, because... You don't point deducted for that shit. That's a that? rabbit. That's a rabbit punch. That's point deduction. I'm not boxing you, bitch. I'm fighting you in the street. There are no rules. You're lucky I'm not hitting you with a crowbar. <laughs> I just don't want to... If I hit you in the uh, face, it'll bruise. Right. If I hit you somewhere else, like it could like seriously hurt you. So you're if I hit you in the kidneys, you piss a little blood, and you'll be fine. That's why. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey Congress. We are at Whiskey Congress on X, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter or Trump? We're not on Trump's thing, are we? No. Are we the truth? Okay. God no. Okay. We're done. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>